Hello and welcome back to OAN Connects. We are the Autumn Action News Podcast. And my name is Jessica Joaquin and I am here with Marissa Johnson. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm doing good, Jess. I'm glad to hear that. So in today's episode, we're going to go over two different stories that Marissa has prepared for us. And uh, let's just jump right into it then. On a recent World of Dance video, community member George Gonzalez auditioned with Indigenous Enterprise. We were able to talk to George about his experience auditioning on the show. George Gonzalez, I come from the Salt River Pima Maricopa in the community. On Ju'u, Loankov, on Og, Ari Gonzalez, Zuniga Sr., I make me a junior, 21 years old. I attend Scott's Community College. So tell me about the world of dance. Everybody saw that you were recently on the world of dance and it's been going around on Facebook, the video. Before we jump into it, tell me about your background with hoop dancing. Oh, hoop dancing. Um, I was a teen at the Boys and Girls Club uh, over here in Lehigh, where I'm, uh, where I'm from. And um, I didn't really have much knowledge about like our own traditions and like our own uh, songs. And learnings, you know, I didn't uh, really uh, see much uh, around. I didn't really go to much community events uh, and and teachings from the community and our members. And um, the club brought in this hoop dancer. His name's Kevin Dakota Duncan, and uh, he was actually told he he told his story uh, that he was a youth here uh, at the Boys and Girls Club, and they asked him to perform for like this big. Um, organization uh, dinner and he was about maybe eight ten years old and he performed like nothing because you know his family's been doing it for years uh, so on and so forth and I ended up taking his class from my junior year to senior year and then from then on afterwards after I graduated and I started working for the club and then I ended up working uh, with Kevin with his hoop dance class, uh, you know, filling in for him and teaching the kids and uh, about the dance. And from there, uh, I went on to a couple uh, couple tours in Australia and a couple music videos we've been involved with and other events uh, here in Arizona, going to performances, Sedona, Flagstaff, in and out of Phoenix and here in Mesa, Mesa Public Schools and all that. Wow. So it sounds like hoop dancing opened a lot of doors for you to travel and to showcase this talent. Right. Yeah. You're a very well-rounded hoop dancer. And this led you to performing, getting a chance to perform on the world of dance. Tell me how you got that opportunity. The group I'm with. Uh, the Instagram page ended up getting an email or um, a message from one of the producers. They said that they would like us to audition for the, the show. And I remember the day when I got the call from my guy, he said that he was asking me if I wanted to be on World of Dance. And I thought he meant like, I guess like a commercial break or something like before they went to commercial or something like that. And I didn't know he meant like, like actually audition for the show and so I agreed to it so I said yes and then once the time came we went to went to the auditions in uh, in LA and 
we saw a bunch of groups, a bunch of dancers. Uh, there were groups, and then there were uh, duos and, like, individual people all in, like, one big room. And they were doing pictures, background pictures for uh, all the groups and the individuals. And we were waiting. We were getting ready. Uh, we had a, a routine ready to show the producers. And we actually, the time came and we uh, went to the stage, saw the stage. It was pretty nice. And we did our thing. We did our two routines that we came up with. And at the end, we didn't know that Derek Hoff, one of the judges, was actually there at auditions, which was pretty surprising. Honestly, I didn't know who he was. I I didn't even know the judges. I just knew that J-Lo was on there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, J-Lo and Neo. I didn't even know about uh, Derek Hoff. I didn't even know who the third judge was, but I eventually found out later on after uh, he came up to us and he really greeted us uh, with open arms. And uh, he really liked what we did and what we had to show for the show. And he was really excited for us. And he said that he would love to see us on the show and that we get on to the show. And eventually we waited. Uh, we waited for a minute. And then next thing you know, we ended up getting emails and then having to do some paperwork and get some like uh what do you call it uh clearing for like any medical uh, for like medical purposes and all that like that stuff like that and um we ended up getting uh clearing that out clearing it through gave it to them and then we ended up getting on the show and we air or we did the shots uh back in February so this is kind of a while back and we stayed out there for at least a week, a couple of days more, maybe, and uh, we just did like a, a bunch of photos, a bunch of uh, video, video shots, background shots, and all that for each group and everybody else that were there that was there. And we got there Thursday, shot up until Saturday, and they told us that Sunday was going to be like game day. Like um, they told us that the judges were not going to be there Sunday. So it's just going to be us in front of the, in front of the producers, and that the producers were just going to tell us like a straight yes or no uh, answers, like yes, they're going to go ahead and go forward to the next round, or no, you're just going to go ahead and go home. And that was in the emails, like they're going to tell us a straight yes or no, uh, and if it is a no, then the next day we go back, we go back home, and so. Come Sunday, you know, we're doing a couple more shots, another couple more pictures, uh, a couple more videos. And then our time comes, you know, we're waiting in like another room and we're all like pretty nervous. I'm pretty nervous, uh, especially in the routine where I have to jump on beat in the song. Was I was really messing that up because I was holding three hoops at a time. Yeah. And it was just kind of I was I was I was like really nervous and I was messing up and then my guy was getting scared everybody was getting scared because like I kept getting stuck and once the time came and then they said okay we're they're ready for you and so we got out there or we went up there they told us uh, they put us in that little room or the little background area and you know they told us to do this like little image or do a couple like movements or make do this like reaction scene like okay we're ready get ready getting ready and so we're like okay we're not gonna we're not gonna you know front about anything because this ain't 
this isn't the judges. This isn't J Lo, Neo, or Derek that's going to be there. It's just going to be the producers. So it'll be easy peasy. And they told us three, two, one, go. I walk through the door. What do I see? I see J Lo. J Lo, the first one, because she was wearing that red, uh, red shirt. Yeah. Wow. And then, and then, like my eyes kind of widened or opened, like really wide, and I was like, wow. Oh and it, it caught me off guard but you know everybody else in the group and also myself we like played it off when so we introduced ourselves and then we try to uh, explain each uh each of our categories uh in the power like circle circuit to them that way they understood what we're doing and how we're doing it because you know there was fancy chicken grass and then hoop you know we told them that you know we did our best and our hardest to uh, put everything together into one for each category. That way, each every, each and every one of us has like something to do, and then like that way, we're not kind of going everywhere doing our own thing where we have to be together. You know, as a as a group, they mic'd us, did our routine, and then that's when they got the shot. And then they just told us, you know, it's it's good, it's really nice, beautiful, good thing you guys came here. It's a beautiful thing, but you know. I don't think it's fit for World of Dance, so you don't have to say no. So then we flew back uh, that Monday. That That's amazing. And even after I heard that a lot of people, uh, the response for you, for Indigenous people to be in front of everybody, received a lot of really good feedback. A lot of really good feedback. And everybody was rooting for you. And they were kind of mad at the judges, too. Like, why didn't you take them? Twitter went off for us. Like, everybody was upset that, you know, the first or to have Indigenous people on World of Dance or even the TV show platform, uh, you know, they just cut us off like so quickly. And it's like, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But still, like, it, just to see that representation, it's amazing. Very, very amazing. Right, right. I really love how you pointed out, um, you know, your hoops, of course, because... I heard J-Lo point that out. Like, he's going through that tiny hoop. Like, how did you feel just knowing you had to be on beat and, you know, you've practiced so many times? How was that for you? Uh, I was, like I said, I was just, like, so nervous and, like, anxious. And then you can see in that video, uh, once she says, once she points me out in the hoops, you can see um, Eddie on my right. And he, like, gives me, like, a little nudge, like, hey, this guy. <laughs> How how did you guys come up with the routine and how long did it take you? How many hours were put into practicing and getting it down and perfecting it? It was just a lot of like thinking uh, how we were going to proceed with that routine. It was just like, how are we going to do this and how are we going to show uh, Eddie and Ty and then me and Kenneth uh, in, in, in just one whole like minute routine. And it was really tough. I'm not going to lie. And uh, where we did, where, where me and Kenneth had to do the cartwheel, uh, passing each other, that one was tough. There was a couple of times where me and him like hit each other's knees and then like made like a big, like loud thump. It was really, it didn't hurt or anything. It was just like kind of crazy. But uh, there, it took us like two months just to get everything together. And then a lot of practice as well. And, you know, we took it pretty serious because we took it like, Every week, we practice every day at least, or if not, we'll take a couple, like, two days off, and then the next, like, week or so, and then we'll just back to back to back for almost eight hours, almost like we're working or something, you know? And then we kind of pushed each other and pushed ourselves just to keep going and go further, you know? And then in the beginning, we were, like, really, 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 like, tired and, like, sore just from, like, our moves and everything like that, but, you know, it, it worked out. 
and you know we still went on and we did our routine but so like so clean seeing that seeing the video you know myself from like the camera's perspective and uh you know to me it was like clean and everybody else you know and the community and like everybody else on facebook and twitter you know they, they really loved it you know i've been uh once the show aired and a couple of days later you know a lot of people have like tagged me in their stories and then people telling me that you know they're proud of me and they're congratulating me uh you know they're 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 upset too that you know we didn't get into the next round but you know it's a good thing that we were on tv you know because us as native people we don't get represented unless it's like in a movie or like some like western or something like that you know it was fun it was a great experience and uh you know i promise to keep moving forward with uh dancing and such and uh make everybody proud for sure all of us here in the community are very proud of you Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Next up, we have Ruth Koff, who celebrated her 90th birthday with the surprise birthday parade in front of her home. Afterwards, we did a senior profile on her life experiences. Your full name? My full name? Mm-hmm. Ruth J. Koff. And who were your parents? Um, my dad was Juan Enos, E-N-O-S. And my mother was Susie, S-U-S-I-E, yes. And when were you born? 1930, June the 6th, 1930. And where were you born? They tell me I was born in Sacaton, but I don't know where. <laughs> and then what did your parents do growing up? My father was a farmer and it's our own property. And my mom was a homemaker. What about your grandparents? What did they do? I never knew my grandparents on both sides. Okay. And what was it like growing up as a child? Did you grow up in Sacaton? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. (laughs) Where did you grow up? Oh, where did I grow up? Here. Here? This is my homestead right there. We had a adobe house right there. Oh. And um, I've lived here all my life, pretty much. Except when I got married, then I left. But then when my mom started getting sick, we came back. But as a child, it was just like a lot of people that uh, probably know about it already, like probably Barbara knows what we went through, you know, having no water and no uh, plumbing. And uh, we had to carry our water to the house and you know, do our laundry, you know, with what water we had. <laughs> and for me, I always had a, I had chores to do after I came home from school and feeding the chickens, cleaning the chickens, <laughs> feeding the horses and giving them water and, and then um, cleaning the yard. I always had to clean our yard. That's what they told us we had to do. So we did it. <laughs> I mean, I did it. I was home alone. I was like an only child because... Uh, everybody was gone. My my brother and my sister were all out of the house. But they're all, you know, they, they already went home. Are you the youngest? Yeah. Well, I had another one. My mom had another one, but she passed away after me. So I'm the only child. <laughs> the last of our whole family. Who are your, your siblings? What are their names? My brother was Sidor Enos. And my sister was Blanche Ness. And how much older were they than you? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think probably maybe 
10 or I don't know. My brother passed away in uh, five years ago, I think, was it? Remember, Carolyn? I don't recall. About that. Yes, yeah. about that. He was, I want to say he was 94 when he passed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my sister was younger than that when she passed away. I don't remember how old she was when she passed. Did you have a farm? Did I have a farm? Yeah, you lived on a farm, kind of, with the chickens. This is my home. Yeah. This is where we lived, and that's what we had, was our, our horses. And my dad farmed this land on here and back here. What did he farm? Cotton, uh, alfalfa, and wheat. Mm, I see. Did he sell it, you know, to the locals? Yeah, well, yeah. And then he had to have help from the T.O. people that came down here to help him harvest it. And so in return, he would give them a sack or two of the wheat. That's their payment, That's their payment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, they helped each other out then in those days. But my mom, she was just a homemaker. What about school? What was school like? Well, my school started with... Um, church school and then regular uh, regular school at Salt River starting there and after that I went to uh, uh, I took some classes on um, grade college for secretarial school and uh, what else did I do I don't remember all that I did but then I ended up going to SEC at the end and don't ask me the year because I don't remember. <laughs> and then, then uh, after that, I uh, I see I was married. And then I got married. I guess that's what I did. I remember what, when we did. I got married and we moved away. And we when we moved to Chicago because of his job. And that's kind of like the relocation thing that everybody went on. I think we lived there about six years, and then we came back. And then he ended up working in Phoenix with the state, and they stayed there for forever. He was always doing something, too. He was the one that pushed me to do a lot of things that I did. And then what about children? One daughter, Carolyn. And that was what I had to do. It's, he told me I couldn't go to work a full-time job because uh, I had to be home with her when she was home, when she was out of school. So I finally managed to get uh, <laughs> a job with the school. So I was able to go with her to school. Yeah. And, um, but I got a teacher aid training at uh, ASU. And so I was able to work as a teacher aide. And uh, so that helped me to earn, earn a little money. <laughs> and so, uh, and as time went on, um, you know, she it, it worked out okay. I wasn't making... Well, at that time, we could live on one paycheck. Yeah. You know, now you can't. But so, but she went all the way from kindergarten to college and um, Scottsdale and ASU and finished over there. And so... Um, but I didn't have to go with her there. I went to just to the high school. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have to go to the high school. It was just at the elementary just to make sure that she was okay. And, but he said I had to be home with her when 
Chicago school. And that's one thing that uh, parents don't do today. They don't, they're not home and their kids have come home. And so, and I think it was okay to do that. What was the school that you went to, that you taught at? Well, over at uh, 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 Whittier, for one, for one thing, one place I worked at was Whittier. But later on, as I got into, um, uh, when they asked me just to run for council, then I switched over to the health program because as a teacher aide, you can't leave your job. And so um, with this one, you can, it's kind of flexible because I started traveling with the with the team to do their screenings and stuff for the kids. So I, that's why I went to the um, health department. So, and that's where I retired from. Oh, but back to my mom. Um, I wanted to say that the first education I had was at church because um, that's all we did was to go to church. And for me, it was a treat because I got to see other kids because in those days we were far apart. We lived far apart and we didn't get to see each other very often, only at school and church for those of us that go to our church. And so, and uh, I learned a lot from that early stage and uh, and that stuck with me. And I always, you know, remember that, that my, I, I think about my church and my, that's who I depend on. He's the one that guides me through everything that I'm, I do. What a pleasure it was to talk to Ruth. We had a long conversation and I learned a lot. She also served as a member of the SRP MIC Tribal Council from 1986 to 1994. And back when memorial services took place at the community building, she brought it to the attention of council that the community's memorial services should have a dedicated location which laid the foundation for the memorial hall to be built. Kauf also has volunteered and served on a lot of committees in her lifetime. Here is a list of groups and organizations she has served with, including the Memorial Hall Committee, for which she was the chairwoman, the North American Indian Women's Association, a lifelong member of the Salt River United Presbyterian Church elder and deacon, Sunday school director and teacher and choir member, Save the Children Foundation, Deputy Registrar to Encourage Our Right to Vote, SRPMIC Education Committee, SRPMIC Education Board, and like I said, SRPMIC Council Member. In 1984, Koff was a delegate to the Democratic National Convention at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, representing the Honda District, Arizona. After retiring, Koff began taking better care of herself and her health, and in her free time, she enjoys crochet, embroidery, knitting, gardening, traveling, women's basketball, and listening to gospel music. She recently celebrated her 90th birthday. Her loved ones gave her a surprise birthday parade. She said she can't wait for the quarantine to end so she can leave the house to see everyone again. 
Ruth appreciates the love and support of her family and friends throughout her lifetime. She's an amazing woman and has done so many things, Jess. Uh, indeed, indeed. She sounds great. And uh, we just want to wish you a happy late birthday, Ruth. Yeah, happy late birthday. All right, that about does it for this episode of OAN Connects. We want to remind you to stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. See ya.